0: Hi, buddy. This is John Forrester, and this is Out of Character. Today, we are going to be talking about a very cool role-playing game called Monster of the Week. Been put out most, this is the, we're going to be discussing Monster of the Week 2nd Edition, the, revi- the revised edition that has been recently put out by Evil Hat. Uh, it was designed by Mr. Michael Sands and Steve Hickey. Uh, really cool game. Um, I had not heard of it until recently. I would seen it a few times, and the artwork really caught my eye. But I've just been distracted with other things. Uh, I sat down over the last few days and read through the book and I was like, within a few, within like the first few pages, I was really fixated on it because it's just, it goes right to a lot of source material that I think is really interesting and fun to work with. So just going to jump right in here and give you guys a, a review, kind of some of the highlights of the game for me. So what is Monster of the Week all about? Um, Monster of the Week is not a fantasy a classical fantasy like a high fantasy role-playing game like uh like Dungeons and Dragons or Dungeon World or that sort of thing it is more of what you would refer to as urban fantasy so it's like modern world with weird magic stuff there's a lot of urban fantasy games that have been pretty popular uh you know over over the over the, over the, the years uh you could look at any of the white wolf games like uh Vampire Masquerade uh Werewolf Changeling um Plus, like, uh, there's also obviously the Dresden Calls role-playing game that's very popular, also from Evil Hat. So urban fantasy is a pretty fun genre to, to play around with, and it's interesting to see how many of those shows do well. It does go heavily to source material, like certain TV shows that have been popular that are also urban fantasy. In the 90s, and, like, even in recent years, it seems like urban fantasy stuff just exploded. Like, we went from having almost none of it to it was just everywhere, so, just to give you kind of a rundown of some of what what am I talking about when I say, like, urban fantasy shows. Um, things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, The X-Files, Supernatural, uh, Hellboy even, or you could look at, like, more recent stuff like Sleepy Hollow and Lost Girl. Also, that show Being Human uh, from BBC. So, basically, in a campaign of Monster of the Week, you and your friends are going to come around the table and you're going to create a group of hunters. Hunters are the archetypes. You are the baddest of the bad, the most kick-assy, the best at hunting down and destroying the things that go bump in the night. That's not to say there aren't other people that hunt monsters. You're just the best of the best. You are the elite. And I always love in RPGs when I do that, because like, in every RPG, it says, like, in most RPGs, like D&D books, everything in D&D manual, somewhere in there it says, you know, remember, you are a part you are a cut apart from the, the, the standard hero. And this really does emphasize, remember, there are other monster hunters, but you are the best. The game is meant to be played with three to five people. Um, you're going to have one keeper and hunters. It apparently works from what I've heard. You want to have five people. That seems to be the really good number. The keeper is the monster keeper. So he's kind of the GM, and the hunters are going to be the players. Um, it borrows, it uses the the same a similar system, I should say, to games like Apocalypse World, uh, Monster Hearts, and Dungeon World. I love Dungeon World, by the way. It is an awesome, awesome game. Um, if you ever get a chance to play Dungeon World, if you're looking for something different, definitely give it a try. It is very similar to this game. Um, Monster Hearts is similar in theme and the system. It's a little bit different. It's, uh, I would say maybe a bit more drama based from what I've seen. Or that may be just the way the game goes. I never played Apocalypse World, so I, I can't really speak to that, but, um, so you're gonna get together, fight monsters, uh, you have, it's, it's very episodic. You know, you're going to have each play session is about two to four hours, and that's kind of like an episode. So think of like a, an episode of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Supernatural. They fight usually like one or two threats, and that's, You know, that, that week's episode, you can do it. You will, you can do overreaching arcs or you can just do little like episodic, uh, adventures that, you know, don't necessarily have a a big thing. If you're just trying to game out, or you want to do something different for a few nights. Um, so when you, the first time you all get together, you're going to try and figure out your, your team concept. Like what's the idea of how these people came together? So you could go with something like, and these are examples that were in the book, uh, you could go with a monster hunting agency like, you know, the BR- BPRD Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense from Hellboy. Or you could be uh, like Mystery Inc. even if we want to play Mystery Inc. characters. Or you could be, you know, similar to shows like Buffy and Angel. You defend your hometown from monsters. Simple, straightforward. What's the concept? What's the idea? Why are we all here killing monsters? Um. So the hunters, Uh. there's a bunch of cool... Hunter's manuals. Each manual gives you like different ways to build your character. One of my favorite things is there's a ton of different kinds of hunters. And you're only going to get one of each of them at most in a game. So you're not going to have people kind of... In a lot of games you'll have like, you know, people stepping on each other's toes a little bit just because there can be a little bit of a crossover. Um, In this game, not so much because you're only ever going to have one of that character. So, just to give you a rundown, I'm not gonna delve too deeply into this, you know, because I don't want it. The the book is 315 pages long. So, it's a really great book. A lot of it is just the hunter, the hunter, stuff about how to make your hunters. So there's a lot of detail to it, but I just wanted to give a rundown and kind of my thoughts here. So you have The Chosen. That's characters like Buffy and Faith and, uh, Angel. Well, maybe not Angel, but Buffy and Faith from, um, uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You are prophesized. Your your birth was foretold in the bones, and you are usually going to be very powerful and have a lot going on and be very uh, tied into destiny and fate. There's the Crooked, which those tend to be characters who are kind of sneaky and they're... Yeah. Okay, here's a way to think of the Crooked. I remember Doyle from Angel? He was kind of always in the underbelly of all the supernatural stuff, you can play Doyle as the, as the Crooked. The Divine is a character like uh, Michael Carpenter from the Dresden Files or Father Porthill. They're both examples of characters who tra- traffic in divine power. The Expert, those are guys who are just, they're going to have all the lore kind of things like uh, Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Bobby from Supernatural. The Flake is kind of a weird character. I'm trying to think of how to explain the Flake. They can't really do it. You have the initiate who is someone who is new to an order. They're, you know, they've been initiated into like the Watchers Council or the, um, the Wardens. The monstrous, these are all your characters who are like werewolves, vampires, demons, zombies, uh, orcs, anything like that. There's a bunch of different monstrous characters you can go with in there. Um, there's the mundanes who are like people like Xander, uh, and characters like that who, you know, they don't have superpowers, they don't have, you know, years of training, they're not parts of secret orders. They're usually someone who bumbled their way into the supernatural world. There's the professional, who is a, uh, you know, they're very highly trained, uh, they're very skilled at hunting. I like to think of them as basically like James Bond in a, in a suit. You know, James Bond with a silencer loaded with a silencer and like a pistol loaded with silver bullets. The spell slinger. so if you want to be someone who's, you know, casting powerful magic, that's your bread and butter. The Spooky, those are kind of like the weird, creepy, I don't want to know what's going on with you, go over there and leave me alone, guys. And the Wrong, those are characters who have some great tragedy in their past. Basically, think of it as, like, Batman punching, you know, if you want to do Batman punching the bejesus out of demons, you know, he finds out that, uh... Parents were murdered by demons, that would be a good example of the wrong. Or, you know, Sam and Dean Winchester, because their parents were killed by demons. So, again, just to give you a kind of... I, I love the fact that you only are going to get one of those. There are also other ones, in addition to those, that are available online. Some of them are cool. There's things like um go- like uh, constructs, like golems, and robots, and uh luchadors, and just all kinds of weird, fun stuff. So a lot of replay value, a lot of ability to work with the different types of hunters. After you kind of figure out who's going to be playing, like which type of hunter you're going to discuss, how your characters met, and what interactions they've had with each other. Now, some people might say, like, that's a limiting thing. That's like, oh, well, I can you can only have one chosen. So if, for example, me and the players were sitting around and one person had said, well, I want to play Buffy. Okay, that's fine. You're going to play Buffy. And it's like, well... I wanted to play a Slayer-like character. I wanted to be like Faith. And I'm like, dude, if you want to play Faith, you should play her as maybe like the wrong. Like you can play Faith after, you know, because Faith to me from Buffy the Vampire Slayer always seemed like she had a character who had a lot of bad turns in her life. And it just, that that, that would be the second, that would be the arc. I wouldn't play Faith as the chosen because she never felt like a chosen character to me. She always felt like she kind of got dumped on by life, And that was what put a lot, drove drove a lot of her story. So just be... As you're coming up with your character, don't maybe necessarily go for the most obvious choice. Having said that, the monstrous characters are awesome. I really love those guys. They're so much fun, and there's so much versatility with them just in terms of the number of choices. You know, you have your, like, your vulnerabilities, and oh, you have to feed on blood if you're a vampire, and, or you're vulnerable to silver or daylight. So as you're going through the world, you're going to be looking at your playbooks. The playbooks are all different depending on which of those types of hunters you pick, they define how you create your hunter and what abilities each of the hunters can use. Basically, you're all going to have access to the same key moves. This is one of those things that's very similar to Dungeon World. The names of the moves are different in Dungeon World, but the mechanics are very similar. It's it's one of those things that takes a little bit of getting used to. It's really fun once you do it for a bit and you get your head around it, but it does take a little bit of getting used to if you've never played anything like this. So. Um, All the these are the moves that everyone has access to, and this is how you're primarily going to interact with the world. So you have act under pressure, help out, investigate a mystery, kick some ass, manipulate someone, protect someone, read a bad situation, and use magic. Every single hunter has all those abilities. Depending on how you build your hunter, you're going to have different some skills that you're better at than others, some some moves that you're better at than others, and you're also going to have. And you're probably like, well, what about stats and things like that? You don't really have traditional stats in the game. You have ratings in certain characteristics. The characteristics are cool. How you're, how do you act under pressure? You know how are, you're 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 calm in the face of you know demons that want to eat your face. Um, that affects your ability to use act under pressure and help out. Your toughness is exactly what it sounds like. You know, are you somebody who can take a hit or do you have a glass jaw? Are you Wesley or are you Angel? So, you know, you're season one Wesley, by the way. Well, season three Wesley from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer over again as I was reading the book for this. So, and I just bought season one of Angel to rewatch it. Uh, so toughness has kick some ass and, uh, protect someone. So, you know, you want to throw yourself in the path of a, a, an oncoming arrow and take the shot for your friend. Yeah, I'm so tough. I can do that. Charm is your, you know, you're very personable or you're a good liar or you're very tricky or, you know, you're the trickster from Supernatural. That It affects your ability to manipulate someone. Sharp is, you know, are you on to things? Are you smart? Are you Rupert Giles? Have you studied with the Watcher's Council for years? Are you Bobby and you've just picked up a bunch of lore about demons uh, that infects your ability to investigate a mystery or read someone and weird is your ability to use magic it's just how you're just you're just a strange duck and you you, you are tapped into the magic um basically again when you're going through your hunter's book it gives you different packages so you can pick how good at different things you want to be anytime you're rolling you're gonna roll 2d6 and you're looking for a target number so like let's say you come to a door and I as the keeper say like okay what do you guys want to do you arrive in front of a Fortress-like, old, abandoned hospital. It, rumor has it that it is haunted. You, ha- your friend, uh, the historian you were supposed to meet up with, you know, he's been taken here by a group of vampires. How do you approach the situation? Dean Winchester, you know, being one of the characters we're playing in this fictional game, says, I wanna kick some ass. I'm gonna kick down the door. Okay. So, anytime you're rolling, there's three, gonna be one of three possible outcomes. A ten or better is a success. You do exactly what you set out to do. Dean kicks down the door, there is no ill effect, and he's in. The obstacle is removed, and play can proceed. Seven to nine is usually going to be success with a complication. Depending on what move you're using, what you're trying to do, it can have very different... That that complication can be a number of different things. But basically, the way to think of it is, you're going to get a success, you're going to do what you want to do, but maybe not in the way that you wanted to do it, or your outcome maybe less than what you wanted it to be like you kick down the door but because you didn't check for anything you set off an alarm and now everyone knows that you're in the building and exactly where you are anything less than a 7 is just bad things happen like you go to kick the door down and you break your ankle because it's re- it's a reinforced steel door uh or you know you go to shoot the lock, you know shoot the lock on the door like they do in action stuff i don't think that would actually work but uh, and, you know, you waste a bunch of bullets and you make a lot of noise and draw attention to yourself and vampires come from behind you to attack. And now you're trapped between this locked door that you can't get through and a group of ticked off vampires. That's pretty much the way every move goes. The, bigger, the big question as far as that goes is just like when you're doing investigate, it's usually you're going to ask questions and which questions you get to ask. Um, it leads to a very cool pendulum sort of play between the Keeper and the Hunter's. And it's similar to how things work in Dungeon World. Basically, it's not one of those games that's just like, you just fail. I don't like that. I don't like when things just like, you you, you failed and nothing good happens, nothing bad happens, the plot doesn't advance. Nothing really came of it. Uh, anytime you're using the move, something is going to happen. It may not be something good, but something will come of it. Something that is going to advance the story and the threats and the characters and everything that's going on. It's cool. There are two other... Um, meaningful characteristics in here. One of them is your ability to use luck. Luck is uh, basically you have a little bit of... Every character has a little bit of luck in the game that you can use to decrease your wounds or to automatically roll a 12. If memory serves I believe you get 7 luck at the start of the game and you can tick those off and you can get them back and when you run out of luck the keeper can screw with you a lot so it's kind of like, I really need to get through this door, or, I really need to jump over this thing, or I really need to Find out, you know, which of these books is the Necronomicon very quickly and which of them is the duplicate. You can do all that stuff with luck. We talked about the players. We talked about the hunters a little bit. What's the keeper doing? The keeper has moves too. The keeper's moves are a little bit, are are just what are you doing while they're doing all this stuff? So here's some of the keeper's moves. Uh, you can separate the players. Remember, uh, you know, like, oh, you're investigating and uh, this trick bookshelf spins around and now you're separated from everyone else. Uh, reveal future badness, uh, reveal off-screen badness, inflict harm, straightforward, you just hurt people, make them investigate, make them acquire stuff. So, like, send somebody to the magic shop to collect components, tell the possible consequences, and then ask what they would like to do. Turn their moves back on them, offer an opportunity, and then uh, take away the hunter's stuff. So rob them of their equipment, their cool enchanted sword, uh, or their awesome That really cool gun that the Winchesters found that can kill demons, that's gone. And you're, you are facing off with a bunch of demons. Have fun with that. Put someone in trouble. Make a threat. Or, after every move, after every move, you're always wanting to ask the players, what are you doing? How are you responding to that? Remember, it's very simple. Just, just always think of it as a back and forth motion. It's a pendular motion. You're not supposed to be, like, running this scenario so much as building a a a very interactive very story-based very interactive game this is not if you're one of those gms that likes to build like a very complex thing and you kind of want to run things a certain way you have to give the players a lot of a lot of room to to affect if you don't do that you're missing out on it because it's really really fun when you get it going it takes a little bit of getting used to in some ways just because those moves are different you have four basic like things to play around with when you're the keeper uh you have the monsters which there are some really cool monsters in the book there's examples for like how to make ones like and there's some examples of basic monsters minions who are like you know you have like a master vampires like the cool vampires like spike and angel and the master from buffy and uh you know all the vampires that you would actually be like oh no it's that guy then you have like the goofy minion-y vampires or like little goblins or cultists or you know the guys who, the, the heroes, the hunters are just gonna rip through them. Um, you have innocent by, you have bystanders. These can be anybody from like, uh, police who break into, you know, uh, they, they got a call about intruders or they saw some, the hunters were breaking into a graveyard to EMTs to politicians to anyone normal-ish who's, you know, living in the world and even locations, graveyards, forests, uh, you know, old haunted swimming pools, any of that stuff. These are all going to have their own interesting ways to affect your story, and they're going to have different moves and threats and things to bring in. Episodes of each individual night you play, and that's, like, two to four, you're usually going to face, like, one singular threat. Like, uh, you know, in the X-Files, we're going to investigate uh uh aliens in the woods or Sasquatch or Bigfoot or whatever. Um, arcs are the big, overreaching stories. Those are, like, you know, as you're going through, you're facing, like, a more powerful threat. You know, you're fighting groups of powerful vampires Leading up to facing a master vampire or some other supernatural being who is manipulating these vampires to do his bidding or her bidding. You have countdowns too, which is like, as the game's progressing, there's stuff happening. Like, if you, if your players go in one direction to face off one threat, that doesn't mean that they win necessarily. It's like, okay, so while you guys were saving the museum, and you save that historian who, who's now your ally, over here, werewolves have managed to harness this ancient book that's going to allow them to become werewolves full-time without the light of the full moon. They're just always going to be able to transform. Not good, but you have those countdowns. So it's like as the game progresses, things are happening off-screen as well. Your players are not always going to be at the center of everything. They are going to be the focal point of the action, but there are other things going on off screen. Like, think of it like those TV shows. Uh, You know, Buffy and Angel and Sam and Dean and Mulder and Scully are not always in every scene. There's stuff going on. People are dying. Uh Ancient, the smoking man is smoking a cigarette and saying some nefarious shit over in the corner. And just bad stuff. Uh, that's kind of the way to think of the countdowns. At the end of every session, you're going to sit down. With the, pl- the players are going to ask themselves a couple of questions. This is how your characters are going to advance gain experience, become more powerful. Did we conclude the current mystery? Did your, did you guys actually resolve the issue? You know, you figured out, uh, the, the, the enchanted, the wishing well was haunted by the ghost of someone who was drowned there and who was killing people. Yeah, we did that. We exercised the ghost. Uh, did you save someone from certain death? Yes, we saved, uh, this little kid who the spirit was possessing and he was gonna drown this kid in the well. Because he was the son of the people who drowned him uh did we learn something new and important about the world maybe maybe not no we didn't in this case uh we didn't learn anything important about the world we learned people drown people in wells sometimes uh did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters yes we did we learned that uh one of them is uh, terrified of water because he made a pact with a water demon as a boy and he's always afraid that it's gonna come back and kill him through the water one of these days. If you answer yes to one or two of those questions, you gain one experience point. If you answer yes to three or four of those questions, you gain two experience. And then you'll play your next session. Um keeper's roles is pretty traditional. You're going to be controlling monsters and playing and making the, you know, figuring out what kind of mysteries you want to play with. There's a huge section and explains how to plan the mysteries. There's examples of mysteries, there's examples of threats, there's examples of bystanders and monsters and all kinds of cool stuff. It is an awesome book. It is immensely long. Just But like as you're reading through it, you're not like, okay, yeah, great, where's the good stuff? Flip to any page in there and you'll be like, that's really cool, I want to know more about that. Or, you know, oh, I want to go online and look up luch doors, it'd be fun. Because I want to do something with a luchador character that'd be really unique and nobody else really wants to do that. I love luchadors, any of those extra types of uh, hunters that are in there. I love, I, I, I have not seen the original, I've only seen the revised edition. So I'm going to say that, you know, this is a very polished, uh, they, they knew what they were doing. Um, Dungeon World's an awesome game, and, you know, Monster Hearts is an awesome game. This is just a great example of something that I have loved since, you know, way back when in the 90s when those Supernatural, when the urban fantasy series were really big. Uh, they're very popular now, even, and I, I still enjoy them. I love shows like Sleepy Hollow. I really enjoy Supernatural. It, it lends itself so well to so many different kinds of games um, it's not one of those things that's like, oh, it's the Dresden Files, and it's that... I like the Dresden Files, but Monster of the Week, you can do anything with it, almost. You can, you know, play almost any kind of character you can think of. You can have them interacting and telling stories, and when your character dies, you can bring them back from the dead. You can do huge feats of magic. You can create robots to fight giant cyclopses that are going to come out of the ground and Eat the whole town if you guys can't get to the, the ancient Greek temple just in the nick of time and smash those precious urns that they've been collecting over years and years. Uh Monster of the Week is something that I highly, 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 highly recommend. Great job to Evil Hat, uh on you know working with the revision and with the the creator. If you like this, I strongly encourage you to check out Monster Heart. Uh I strongly encourage you to check out Dungeon World. Can't praise it enough. Very, very cool game. I'm hoping to do something with it in the future for the podcast, like an actual campaign. Don't know when we'll get around to it, but... Uh, plus, like, just figuring out what we want to do. Replay value is very high. Uh, the system is fun. And it's very creative, very smooth. Not a lot of, like, I don't understand this mechanic or how that works or anything like that. The only thing I can really think of, and again, it's a really long book, is um, I wish... That in Dungeon World, one of the things I like is if you flip through the book, there's a, there's a couple of sections that are just monsters uh, of various areas, like you know they have the monsters that live in the forest and the monsters that live in like underground. And um, I don't know if I missed that in this book. There's a lot of monsters like here and there, and they're kind of all over the place. So I don't know if I just missed the section that there's like a nice breakdown of the monsters. But you know, it does give you a, a good cross section to choose from, like trolls and stuff like that. So again awesome game try it out i believe it's like 25 dollars to play i've seen it priced higher i don't know not shouldn't be too hard to get get a hold of really an awesome game to run at like a friendly local game store just because it is so episodic so easy to jump in um it tends to be with those things people you know schedule conflicts that sort of thing you know get get you know five people together and run through stuff. Uh, until next time, guys, that is gonna be it. Oh, uh, special thanks this week to our friends again in London, England. You are the, uh, we, are, we get the most listens in London, England this, this last week. So again, we appreciate you guys. Hopefully you like this. Maybe do something with being human. Um, really, you know, vampire, werewolf, and a ghost who are all flatmates. Uh, three person campaigns as they struggle to live normal lives and not get staked, shot with silver bullets, or, you know, exercise. But anyway, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate you as always, and we are out of character. Bye!